Welcome to Third Space, the podcast that aims to fill the yawning gap between the Christian church and the secular culture. In particular, this global crisis we find ourselves in and all of the implications we find for ourselves living in wartime. I'm Steve McAlpine. And I'm David Robertson. And in this episode, we're taking a look at weapons in wartime. Listen to me. Edwin Starr's War, What Is It Good For?, which is like kind of an, an angry song, like many war songs, and it, you kind of feel the emotion coming out of it. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're returning to this militaristic theme, as people would describe it, because we've been talking about life in wartime. But what is this wartime we're in? Is it is it the war against COVID? Is it the war against racism? Are we social justice warriors? Are we engaged in culture wars? Are we engaged in actual wars? Why would you in the church use this kind of language and what does it mean? Well, we really do need to go to a key part of the Bible, which I think explains it. So Steve is going to read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 18. Thanks, Dave. Ephesians 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armour of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints so dave uh what is spiritual warfare after having read that this is so important and it's so key and it's not you know the kind of thing where christians see demons absolutely everywhere or angels are, are around them all the time um i believe as the bible teaches in both angels and demons but spiritual warfare for me the most fundamental aspect of that and the most practical aspect is this that our warfare is not against flesh and blood so your enemy is not other human beings and that is in, in a secular world, you cannot see it, but other human beings as being your enemy. But we don't see that. We see that there's a higher battle going on. Uh, we, re we realize that there are spiritual uh, forces at work. And fundamentally, our battle is the spiritual one, not the physical, not the societal, not the social. Well, that, that's interesting, Dave, because as we uh, that I've got to unpack each of those bits of the armor uh, that it speaks about. Uh, that's what you just said there is going to inform what those things actually are. So what's the belt of truth, for example? Yeah. Then we'll go through the list. What's the belt of truth? Okay. Well, 
truth is absolutely crucial in all of this truth is 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 essential now the trouble is that truth as they say is the first casualty of war the belt of truth for us is it's the truth of jesus christ it's the truth of his word and it's that we ourselves have to be true as well we have to admit when we're wrong we have to acknowledge good in other people things like that we 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 have truth not falsehood um and i i just that is so important now in most physical wars you've got camouflage you've got lots of other things lies are a weapon that is used but for the christian truth is our weapon and then you get to the breastplate of righteousness and the idea of a breastplate obviously it's protecting a lot of vital organs and it's front facing um the idea of righteousness what does that even mean and what does it mean Paul's obviously, is he just pulling metaphors out of the air? <laughs> yeah, look, it's, a, it's the idea of being right with God. It's the idea of not, not being evil, if you like, doing the things that are right. So no matter what happens to us, we're not supposed to respond with evil. And we ourselves are to seek to be righteous now from a Christian perspective. Again, we can only have that with the righteousness of Christ and we behave uh, as Christ did and so on. But this, this, the way that the way that we fight is crucially, crucially important. Again, often you see in real wars, in physical wars, uh, I'm not saying this isn't a real war, I'm just saying different, but in, in physical wars, you find that people become extremely callous and, and brutal. So, for example, I've been watching the Netflix series Fowder, and there's a character in it called Bashir who starts off as a nice kid and ends up being you know, the equivalent of a mass killer because that's what war does to you. Well, for the Christian, the war that we're involved in should make us more righteous, if you like, not self-righteous and, and not evil. And so that, that you know, the next one is obviously a big issue, the issue of peace, its feet that are shod with the gospel or the, the good news of peace. Uh, that ties in with it. Explain that a little bit. Okay. The gospel is peace. Ultimately, it is peace between God and man, God and humanity. And that then brings peace because we, we looked at the whole question of racism and so on before, and that, that brings peace between human beings. So we need to get our horizontal relation or our vertical relationship with God right in order to get our horizontal relationships right. But what I particularly like about this image here is of the feet being shod with the gospel of peace because feet move. You go somewhere, you go out, you communicate, you tell the good news. And again, there's none of this in, in our current crisis. There's none of this, oh, well, let's just, you know, bunker down and, and, and you know, curl up in a ball and see if we can survive until we get back to the new normal. No, we're activists. We go out, we share, we tell the good news, and it is ultimately good news of peace. Yeah, and that, that's interesting, isn't it? It's not like Paul has plucked the idea of peace out of the air in Ephesians, because if you go back at, uh, to chapter 2 in Ephesians, you get the whole idea of uh, uh, reconciliation and peace and that Jesus himself is our peace. So when we're proclaiming peace, we're proclaiming Jesus. The gospel of peace is Jesus himself, the, who unites us. And, I mean, the divisions in their culture were just as much as the divisions in ours. What about moving on to... Uh, you got shield, helmet, and sword. You got shield of faith and helmet of salvation. Uh, I'll tie those two together. Shield of faith, helmet of salvation, Dave. Okay, let's let's tie them both together. Um, there's faith. There's in two different ways. Uh, and again, I think in our culture, and we often absorb the language of our culture, so we need to be very careful what goes on. Um, in our culture, faith is presumed to be belief in something despite of or contrary to the evidence. And 
that is not the biblical definition of faith. The biblical definition of faith is, first of all, not faith that everything's going to turn out all right in the end, not faith that we're great, but it's faith in a person, Jesus Christ. Tied in with that, this shield of faith is, is taking the promises of Scripture, taking the person of Christ, taking the character of Christ, and saying, as Paul does in Romans 8, all things work together for the good of those who love God. How can anything separate us from the love of Christ? So when we're getting battered, when we're being overwhelmed, when we're being attacked, when we think all is lost, when we're drowning, the shield of faith comes up and, if you like, throws away these arrows of accusation, these arrows of despair, and that helmet of salvation is the same thing at one level. So it was very clever of you, Steve. You are, you know, you're a pretty smart guy <laughs> to link those two things together. Yeah. I mean, you, you got that helmet on, you know, man. I mean, it's because your head is the, in, in one sense, the most important part of your body. It, it's, you know, it's where all your thinking takes place and everything else. And this helmet of salvation is really us saying we're saved. You know, and this, uh, when in, in those days in warfare, people were, you know, chucking arrows at your swords or whatever, um, you, had, you had on your helmet, you wouldn't be damaged. And this is what I was saying. It's, it's recognizing that we are saved because of our faith in Christ. And so again, just in our, in our general context, when, we, when we're discussing with people, when we're trying to help people, and maybe people are being brutal to us and people are attacking us and maybe... Maybe the devil's attacking us. Maybe we're having all different kinds of problems and difficulties. We, we put on the helmet of salvation. We say, well, wait a minute. I belong to Jesus. And because I belong to Jesus, I'm more than a conqueror. I can't lose. Yeah. Well, that's, that, that is the, uh, that's good because that's the, the defensive armor. Now, the last one seems to be the one that um, could be applied incorrectly. And it, people get nervous talking about the sword of the spirit, Christians and swords. That, how does that language go together? Yeah. Well, mass beheadings, of course. No, that's not what we do. This is what I'm saying is spiritual warfare. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. What does the word of God do? According to Hebrews, it cuts right into the dividing humans, right at our very inmost being. So we don't go and accuse people of sin, if you like. We don't try and convict people. It's God's Holy Spirit taking his word and using it for that purpose. And that's the bizarre thing that some of us do. We think our words or the words of our favorite teachers are more important or more um, workable, if you like, more effective than the word of God. And that's not true. We don't need to think. I, I often say this, that many in the modern church think, how do we make the Bible more relevant? My answer to that is we don't because the Bible is relevant. We just we seem to be making the Bible irrelevant, sometimes by trying to make it relevant. Uh, and we seem to have developed a special talent for that. But the sword of the spirit is the word of God, and it's a great thing for us to have. Well, we've looked at uh, all of those parts of the armory and the weaponry uh, from Ephesians, but I guess the, the last few verses talk about the place of prayer. It seems to be that that could be a, an overlooked aspect of what this passage is about. What is the place of prayer in this warfare? Well, I think it is often an, an overlooked aspect, and that's a shame because prayer is the air that we breathe. It's the in, in environment in which we're fighting. If this is a spiritual warfare, if we don't have prayer, then we're not engaging spiritually. And we're, we're just then all that we've got is, is just words. So for me, the key thing in all of this that we need to remember is that 
we're not using the weapons, methods, and politics of this world. Now, that ties in with some of the previous podcasts. Um, we are in a different battle. We are in a, a greater battle. And it's, it's in some ways, it, it's quite scary. But because, if you like, uh, Christ is on our side, because we're part of this, this great multitude, this great army, this great family that is the Christian church, because the gates of hell will not prevail against that church, we can have confidence. I, I've noticed with a lot of Christians that one of the problems seems to be that they're very scared of, well, what will happen if the church is destroyed? What will happen if this goes? What will happen if that goes? And I'm saying, no, no, we're the guys who, having in done the D-Day landing, we know that victory is ultimately assured. There'll be a lot of battles, but we know the victory is uh, assured. And But that's where prayer comes in. We need to pray to put on this armor. We need to pray to use it. We need to pray in the whole environment in which we are. And I suspect that for me, for you, Steve, for many of the people listening to this, we kind of know that, but we don't do it. Prayer seems to us sometimes the most difficult thing and yet it's the most worthwhile thing. So anyone listening to this podcast, if you, you're a Christian and take away from this the, the importance of prayer, if you're not a Christian, then I, I became a Christian through prayer because I prayed, God, if you're there, you show me and I'll serve you the rest of my life. And the rest of my life has been the second part of that prayer. So yeah, uh, key question, crucial aspect. Without it, nothing makes sense. Come see the cross. Where love and mercy meet As the Son of God is stricken And see his foes lie crushed beneath his feet For the conqueror has risen And as the stone is rolled away And Christ emerges from the grave This victory march continues till the Every eye and heart shall see Him So Spirit come, put strength in every stride Give grace for every hurdle That we may run with faith to win the prize Of a servant good and faithful Well, if you're looking for another good podcast to listen to, how about With All Due Respect from Michael Jensen and Megan Pal dutois And uh, some interesting topics, the obscenity of forgiveness. Those two words going together, obscene and forgiveness. Is forgiveness obscene? Uh, godly church politics. There's another oxymoron for you, I think. And the Trinity, can you be saved if you don't believe? Great topics. Uh, Megan and Michael debating the key topics with all due respect. And you can find that at eternitypodcast.com. Well, thanks for entering the third space with us. Coming up next episode, we're going to look at evangelism in war. Uh, Dave, what's that all about? Well, wars 
not often a time of good news. It is a time about survival. But actually, we have got good news, and we've got good news that's designed to be delivered in a time of war. So look forward to discussing that next week. Third Space is hosted by David Robertson, who looks resplendent in his battle gear and his breastplate of righteousness, and me, Steve McAlpine. And it's produced by Janelle Muller, and editing is done by Peter Laverock. Third Space is part of the Eternity Podcast Network, an audio collection showcasing the seriously good news of faith today. So head to thirdspace.org.au. You'll find show notes and other stuff, maybe a photograph of David in his armour, related to our episodes. And click onto our Facebook page if you want to join in the debate. Brought to you by the Eternity Podcast Network.